Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And... <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and Whatever it is. <laughs> the worst titty discs. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another more phenomenal, gritterific episode of Comics, motherfucker! Do you read them? Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your Ranger hosts tonight, and I am not alone. I am joined by one of my fellow Fan Hall Rangers, and we also have a very special guest here tonight. So why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike and make my podcast grow. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that. Hey, this is Zach from the Board with Friends podcast. And I know it's a little on the nose, but I I like the Mastodon and I I would absolutely be the Black Ranger. when When we were playing the board game, Zach had to be Zach, so... Oh, Zach had to. That I, I makes had sense. An identity crisis. I needed to be Zach. Z- yeah. Zach's have to stick together, right? Like that's yeah. that's how it, that's how it works, right? And yeah. Growing up, that was the coolest thing to me. I'm like, oh my god, a Zach. Like Zach was not a common name when I was a kid. So the fact that they had a Zach on the TV show, hell yeah, I loved it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So so I guess this is a this, this is a crossover. So if you're listening to to fan holes comics motherfucker do you read them and you're like what what are these guys talking about go listen to the board with friends episode where zach and mike and i guess other members of the the podcast you guys did an rpg right like is that what went down like on that show or no we played the power rangers heroes of the grid board game from renegade games okay okay so yeah so so and i i think on that so we're we're basically this is this is sort of a companion piece a sister piece if you will to to that show and so we thought we'd both cover you know power ranger type topics and everything and what we're gonna talk about tonight when we get into the nitty-gritty is the the power rangers comic book crossover event Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Shattered Grid, which basically deals with Lord Dracon, the evil alternate universe Tommy Oliver, who has both green and white ranger powers, attacking rangers from across all eras to reshape reality. But before we get into that, I think Mike wanted to discuss a little bit, because this is our our comic show, like, he was wondering if any of us had any history with previous Power Rangers comics, like Power Rangers comics from outside of Boom Studios. So I think what I'm going to do is actually turn it over to Mike and ask him, like, so what? what, what is your history with, with Power Rangers comic books? 
you know, when I was big into like Power Rangers as, you know, a kid when it was first coming out and I was also big into comic books. So when I'd go to the store, you know, they there would sometimes be Power Ranger comics. And I think the first company to make them was, I think, Hamilton Comics. Yeah. And like they yeah, they, they did like a series of like six issue mini series i think and i think there were like three of them and like i collected a lot of those and like those were it's funny when they were produced it was like in a sort of like nebulous time between like the first and like second seasons so like i remember very distinctly like the very first issue like they had their thunder zords and like those powers but and and it, it was lord zed but you could tell that they rewrote the first issue to feature Lord Zed instead of Rita, because all of Lord Zed, Lord Zed's dialogue sounds like Rita. And like at the end, when they defeat like the monster, Lord Zed's even like, I have a headache. Like, and like, he, he even like throws his staff to the like earth to make the monster grow instead of that little like grenade thing he used to throw. So like I, it was kind of funny because even at that age I was like, wait a minute, this isn't right. Like that's what Rita did. So it, it seems like those comic. And then like halfway, I think through it, it's like yeah. they did the like you know switch to Rocky, Adam and Aisha. Yeah. So then it yeah. it felt like they had to like rewrite because of that too. So but like I, I remember liking those comics. Like they were cool. Like and like I said, I was big into comics. So, and I was big into watching like that show. So it, it combined two things that I liked. Yeah. Those, those comic books, I feel they were pretty novel at the time, but I guess my, my history with them basically stems from, I wanted to have like reference material, like still reference material, like instead of like, you know, I don't know, like trying to record on a VHS tape and pausing the screen and get reference on how to like, you know, draw the Power Rangers or whatever. Like, I was, I was just excited to have any kind of like still comic frame reference of how to draw Power Rangers because at the time, I, and you can see the, you can see the pencils of this uh, ridiculous project I had, and then I wrote a script for it, but like I never actually like lettered it or put in the bubbles or anything like that. But I, I tried to, I basically all those pages are up on DeviantArt, but like I sort of typed what what would have gone in the dialogue boxes like below each image or whatever but basically what i did was i had my own you know i was kind of into the whole image craze and i had my own superhero team and this was this was pre malibu ultraverse where they had a team called ultra force so this was long before that ever existed and and my team was called ultra force as well and so that team met the Power Rangers. And because of that, I was sort of desperate to get any kind of reference other than like the toy boxes or whatever. Like I remember literally like going into like Toys R Us and like doing like a quick sketch of like the Tiger Zord and things like that. Cause I just, I wanted to know kind of what it looked like. And it wasn't like you could, you know, Google it up or anything, you know, back then. So I was like, I was just happy to have reference material. So those Hamilton comics came in really handy. And also like, it, it's funny because Sometimes what they tell you when you're, you're you know, trying to break in or, or starting out as an artist is like, don't copy like the really good guys. Like, don't don't copy, a, you know, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez or don't copy a Neil Adams because you're not going to you know, it's going to be a poor imitation of somebody great. It's like basically find like somebody who's kind of shitty and, and make yours a better version of theirs or whatever. Like, that's something that I had heard at one point. And I'm going to say the art in those Hamilton comics 
was perfect for that because <laughs> it, it wasn't that great it was like it was like you you could actually make rangers that look cooler than than the ones in the in the hamilton book but it was good for reference and then and then i think my history kind of dovetailed because eventually by the time they did the mighty Morphin power rangers the movie marvel had the license and they made the movie adaptation and i was thrilled as punch at that point because ron Lim was doing the art on the power ranger books so it was like it went from you know the the you know poor guys who i can't remember their names on hamilton doing kind of you know i'd say it was a competent job but it wasn't anything exciting or or anybody who was like a hot on the block artist whereas i think ron Lim had just probably got off doing like all the infinity books and all that other stuff and so they put him on this movie adaptation i was like wow the power rangers look like sort of dynamic you know, like a dynamic, you know, because a dynamic Marvel artist actually drew them, it looked like a dynamic Marvel art team or what, you know what I mean? Like, so it was like, it was, it was pretty cool. And like those, those books, I think ended up being like, cause the movie adaptation was like one of those 64 page, you know, expensive deluxe format ones. And they probably had like a newsstand edition as well. And then from what I remember, the ongoing book was like, some kind of flip book or something. So I think Ron Lim drew one half of it and somebody else drew the other half. But I think it was like where it was like the, you know, the, the outcome of the movie where it was like the, the Ninja Rangers. And then like, I forget the other half of it was like, you know, I don't know, either the standard guys or, or, you know, whatever else was going on at that time. But it was like some kind of, you know, flip book deal where, you know, the first half of it was, was one kind of incarnation. And then the second half was like a different incarnation of, of the, uh, the ranger think, team or whatever i think i had like the first issue of the marvel comics but then i kind of like dropped out of, i think i lost interest in power rangers by that point yeah i mean I, I i kept buying it just for like i said reference material and stuff like that because i was i was constantly doing that that comic book that i said and it, if anybody's curious it's over on deviantart you can find my deviantart page and there's there's the images or whatever but basically like you know i used a lot of material that i either swiped or tried to get you know like reference to proof, or whatever proof that derek invented ultra force yeah exactly total, <laughs> total proof I, I i came up with ultra force way before way before malibu and the ultraverse but yeah that's that's just me but yeah that that's kind of my my history with it like so did you ever read any of the marvel books mike like at all or like i said i i think i i know yeah i had that movie adaptation okay, okay. And I think I read like the very first issue, and I do kind of vaguely recall like the flip book, like aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I got that deep into it. I mean, and that I mean, for the most part, I mean, I I don't know that this is fairly comprehensive. We're just kind of pulling for from our own experiences and memory. But I mean, I, I don't remember too much else that you know before that leading into Boom. I mean, there there were I I guess this is different from Boom, but like there were paperworks power ranger comics or something i guess that's different because there was like a a free comic book day thing that i read uh, because i got confused because i was like trying to read the free comic book day thing and i guess the free comic book day thing for shattered grid was the 2018 one and i think when i i started this read through i i read the 2014 one which was from paperworks which i kind of liked actually i know it's funny you, you you were you were mentioning off air earlier luke jack and eddie and what was funny was when i when i mentioned i was i was you know reading those comic books his comment was he's like that paper cuts free comic book day is extremely irritating it's filled with minor errors which could have been solved with five minutes of wiki detective work so so luke wasn't happy happy with it. I, I think they were just trying to like retell 
like origin pieces and stuff like that, which I, you know, I mean, I, it kind of reminded me uh, like the way they were trying to do, you know, maybe not the, in the best manner, but the, the way they were trying to do like untold tales of Spider-Man, like sort of, you know, this stuff happens in between. Can I, can I ask you what, what's the art like for like the paper cuts, like power Rangers book? Cause I just, I just remember like, they always did seem to do like, I don't know if this was a common thing, but they always seem to do really manga or, or yeah, anime esque. Yeah, like, that's that's art. true. I mean, I, I was going to say I didn't have any problem with it, but it's it's very it is certainly cartoony. I mean, the the free comic book day I thing. Remember, I, well, I yeah. I only know this because I, I someone I know had a like paper cuts like paper cuts did a whole series of Hardy Boys. Comics, oh, okay, okay. And, like they were all like like manga esque like Hardy Boys basically. Okay, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I think that's a fair assessment of the art style. It was like they, they they were trying to tell like a story that was like in between, like right after Tommy got the White Ranger powers and like what happened immediately after that, and then they're flying Herbie Bug or whatever goes evil and turns into a monster and they have to stop it. And it was just you know to me I was just like in between that they're they're trying to you know fill in the reader like this is how we become Power Rangers and this is how Zords work and this is you know what we did in Ernie's before we all became Power Rangers and you know I, I'm sure there were there were some things that were you know not not quite accurate from a fan's perspective but they I, I just you know thought okay well they're trying to put all this in there to get you know somebody who's who's a new reader up to speed or whatever but I, I thought it was fine like you know so I guess I mean I, I guess the, the only other thing is and I kind of know the answer to this but what what's your history with the Power Rangers comic Zach? Oh, I don't have one. Right, right. So, so well, I mean, you you have one, right? Like, I mean, you've read these Boom comics, certainly, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I actually, growing up, I didn't read a lot of comics. I, I mentioned my mother a lot on my show, but uh, she didn't like me reading comics, uh, which is funny because she's a librarian. And now now she's changed her tune. Now she feels like as long as you read something, you know, you're good. The needle, the needle has moved. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, slightly. But, you know, the only comics I really had experience with were ones that my dad still had lying around. So I had, you know, read some really old DC comics like, you know, Flash and Green Lantern and stuff like that. That's how I you know, really developed a, a liking for a lot of those characters. Like, you know, he had a Green Arrow comic that I just loved and I wanted to know more about Green Arrow. So I never really read comics in the 90s. It wasn't until... I didn't really, you know, get into reading comics until, and I'm sorry to say this, until Dreamwave, you know, revamped Transformers. I just started reading that because I was like blown away by the artwork and everything. Now, now I know better. But you know, this the Boom yeah. Comics was drew me in because you know I'd read a few previews of it and I had found out what some of the stories were about, and it drew me into you know start reading these Power Rangers comics because it it, it didn't feel like, pardon the expression, it didn't feel like fan wank. It felt like this was just a more mature slightly mature version of what power rangers you know felt like in your head when you're watching it like if you watched it as a kid you loved the goofiness you loved you know everybody had their aspect that i liked that they liked about it like the, i loved the zords like that was my thing i loved giant robots you know that's why i'm a big transformers fan and reading these comics it felt like you know these were the stories that i wished that the show had done because, you know, it, it got a little bit deeper and a little bit darker, but not too much. And it kept some of the silly atmosphere to it. So I think they do a good job with that in the Boom comics. And that's my experience with Power Rangers comics. Cool. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll use that as an opportunity to start talking about the 
the actual main event here, which is Shattered Grid. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to do an in-depth synopsis or anything, but I'm just going to kind of read the, the, the blurb, the trade blurb on what this essentially is about at a sort of high level, 10,000 foot level. Uh, shout out to Shag Matthews. It is the biggest comic book event in Power Rangers history. Lord Dracon, a twisted alternate reality version of Tommy Oliver, a.k.a. the Mighty Morphin Green Ranger, a.k.a. Dr. O, and his newly reformed army are crossing dimensions in order to execute an all-out attack that threatens the very existence of every Power Ranger ever. For the first time in comic book history, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers will join forces with some of the most popular Power Rangers teams in the franchise from across time and space to face the ultimate threat, one that will mean the death of a ranger. Join New York Times bestselling writer Kyle Higgins and artists Danielle DiNiculio and Diego Galindo for the Power Rangers epic that redefined the comic book series. And I guess this trade collects Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 25 to 30, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Free Comic Book Day Special from 2018, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Shattered Grid issue number one. For this, I actually, I'm, I'm, I also read the, the Saban Go-Go Power Rangers tie-ins, which I read uh, 8 through 12 for that as well, and I also read the the 2018 annual. I think, I think we were also discussing that that was something you, you hadn't checked out yet. Zach, so yeah i kind of forgot to read that yeah yeah so so no i mean i i you know i i kind of took a bunch of notes about it and everything but i mean i guess i guess maybe just giving like kind of overviews of everything maybe i'll kick it off but i mean i thought this was entertaining i i i think i kind of felt like it it kind of reminded me of like it, it was probably novel to people who were only familiar with power rangers but i think it, it took a lot of kind of comic book tropes of of major crossovers so like somebody like me i was kind of reminded of things like you know spider geddon and spider verse you know with all the different versions of rangers and evil versions and time travel versions and all that kind of stuff and then you know there were aspects where you know the timelines changed and then you start thinking of things like you know, Zero Hour or House of M or Age of Apocalypse or whatever. So, like, you know, that that's basically, if, if that's something that you're into as far as storylines, like, that's, to me, what, what Shattered Grid evokes. I think the thing that drew me into it wasn't so much, like, because this is the first time I've ever read any of these comics, but I think the reason why I was interested in checking them out was because Kyle Higgins and... Jason David Frank got together and they did this sort of promo trailer and it was a live action trailer that, you know, I guess, you know, I, I don't want to say introduced because I guess he had already, you know, written him in the comics earlier, but basically to sort of kick off this whole shattered grid thing, they did a, a live action Lord Dracon trailer basically where they, you know, they kind of set up for a few minutes, you know, this is who Lord Dracon is. He's an evil alternate version of Tommy and he's basically, you know, gonna rain hellfire on all these other alternate universes and rangers and you know he talks about we could have been gods and you know all this other stuff and you're thinking wow like to me like i i was i i found that very exciting so that's that's why i wanted to check this out now as to whether it totally delivered on its promise uh, i don't know but but i mean but i mean it certainly worked it did its job it got me interested enough to to check these out so like that's that's kind of like my overall take on on the event in general if you if you like kind of event 
comics, I think, and, and, and maybe also if you are a Power Rangers fan and you're not familiar with any of this stuff, I think there's a novelty to it as it's applied to the Power Ranger franchise, because you may have seen, you know, all these anniversary things. Like, you may have seen Forever Red with all ten Rangers and thought it was the coolest thing ever. You may have seen, you know, whatever the the anniversary event is of the year where, you know, a bunch of different Rangers get together and team up. But I think this has that, that advantage that comic stories have where they're always talking about, you know, comics have no quote-unquote budget. It's like they can reunite actors who are, no longer alive they can reunite actors who you know probably wouldn't get called back for financial reasons or just scheduling reasons or whatever it is and and so you can incorporate all this kind of stuff regardless of time and age and you know it, that aspect to it i think probably makes it very novel for a power rangers fan because it's not so much the notion that you're getting a bunch of people teaming up in 2019 and it's super cool to see, you know, whatever these classic Rangers are take up the mantle again with some of the younger versions. It's more, these are the younger versions, and, and they're plucked out of time. And, you know, it, it's a, that whole kind of Forrest Gump technology thing where everybody was watching, you know, the, the, the Deep Space Nine episode with the Tribbles and everything, and that thing of, holy crap, Cisco in modern day is a- interacting with Kirk in his prime, you know, and, and, and it's that kind of novelty where you're seeing, like, the, the original Power Rangers, but yet they're hanging out with, you know, Time Force Pink, or they're hanging out with, you know, Doggy Kruger and Zordon, or, you know, like, th- those kind of things, where you, you see these pairings that you figure, well, that would never happen in a million years, but here it is, like, right in front of you. So if, if those things appeal to you, I would also kind of recommend it. Yeah, that that's one of the biggest appeals to me with this, and I think it it, it, it's not event comics always have like a a hype to them and usually they fall short of expectations i'm not going to say this was you know a perfect event comic but it definitely i think is very successful in what it tries to do and it is really neat like you were saying really only in animation and in comics can you do this kind of thing especially when you're talking like 10, 20, 30 years in difference between one first generation to the current generation of a team, like in Power Rangers or any any other, you know, show that spawned a long period of time. Like if you watch Doctor Who, like I don't expect, you know, a classic doctor to really, you know, make sense on screen anymore with, you know, a modern doctor because the actors do age and stuff like that. So if it's plucked out of time, he doesn't look like he's you know, he should, he doesn't look like he should, you know, from way back when he was plucked out of time. Right. So right. reading these, com- these comics, it's, it's very cool to see. Like, I, I love some of the interaction. I forgot the name of the ranger, but um, the, the red samurai ranger, her interactions with Jason in particular are like really great. You know, yeah. In my yeah they, they have a good, like little kind of shipping moment or whatever. Cause they, they kind of have a thing for one another. I think her name's Shiva from the samurai show oh, the house is called shiva I, f- mm. I think her name's lauren actually. okay uh but you know I, like i'm not familiar with the samurai rangers i never really watched it but at the same time you know watching them together like they bond over you know their leadership burdens and stuff like that like they have this you know cool character moments that you would never see on the show even if this was possible to do like you never would have seen this kind of writing on the show proper because 
unfortunately, like it, this sounds like a, a negative, but it's it's written for kids. You know, they usually don't go this level of depth into character development on Power Rangers. It's at least for, not as far as I can remember. Yeah, the the characterization is not. I mean, I, to me, I guess w- what I kind of found it comparable to is the 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 thing that I find interesting about it is this has a deeper level of characterization for all of the characters in this franchise than say the TV show would. And I kind of view the TV show as like, I don't know, the silver age of DC comics. Whereas this is akin to like something like identity crisis where they, they go into like deeper, heavier topics and, and, and subjects and characterization. And like, there's, there's probably pros and cons to that. I mean, I, you know, to me, I think to the, to the, you know, I guess, novel eye, like, you could see something and go, wow, that's so cool, because I've never seen these characters have as much depth as they do in, say, you know, this this storyline, right? But then part of the appeal, I think, is is that it's not that they don't have characterization in the TV show, but that it's very straightforward. It's like they're the, the straight shooting, you know, good guys, you know, they're, you know, you know, Billy's a science whiz, you know, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, hip hop, Aikido or, you know, wh- whatever it is that they're, they're supposed to be focused on, like in, in their, their identities, you know, whether Kimberly's into music or gymnastics or what have you, right? Like yeah, it's, it's very simplistic, you know, but there's something about that that's, I don't know, uh, uh, pure I guess. Whereas, you know, the, the, the deeper characterization, like I, I don't think you would have seen, Kimberly and Tommy share a kiss on the show per se, right? Like they, or they wouldn't get, you know, hot and heavy at like lover's lane peak or something like that. Whereas I think in this, they, they do touch on that a little, you know, they're, they're, the romance is a little stronger, you know, the, the aspect of, of death and destruction is a little more serious than just, you know, Oh no, somebody's attacking. We better stop them, you know, like type thing. So th- there's definitely that aspect. I think the, the thing that's weird though, is like, in in some cases, like you can have sort of, I guess, apocalyptic futures or whatever, or dystopian futures, and and that future is isolated enough. It's like Days of Future Past doesn't screw up whatever your classic view of the original X Men is, right? But like, or 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 I don't know, like I'm I'm just throwing out random ass comparisons that maybe won't mean anything to people unless they they've read the storylines but it's like the the five year later legion of superheroes that's also this kind of dystopian future that you know certain fans rejected outright and some fans love to death but the the advantage of that is that's its own little thing like if you sort of if you take that on its own merit and enjoy it you're fine if you can't stand it like in some degree you can sort of take that and just you know excise it and say i just like these classic silver age stories but what i find interesting about like the the go-go power rangers like the saban thing is it does feel like ultimate or not ultimate um untold tales of spider-man like they're trying to tell stories in between the tv shows you know that that supposedly actually happened but then kind of layer them with like modern sensibilities and characterization and even like technology like the way they they text everybody, you know, they're all on Discord or whatever, like having a chat and wondering where Kimberly's other boyfriend is and people saying, I heart you and all this other stuff. Like, so it's like, and that can be kind of fun, but like, it's, it's one of those things where that basically puts a, I don't know, like a, a layer or a veneer over anything that you 
you know, a- any of that pureness that that's applied to the original shows or whatever, or, or even even the the current shows that are not quite as heavily, you know, overdone with the characterization or whatever. So, and I like that, like the level of maturity and like complexity in the storytelling, like the level of like, I should say, adult content never goes as far as like that. Adi Shankar, like fan made Power well, see, Rangers see, that, thing. That thing anything. to me is like the five years later Legion because it's so far in the future. Like, if you don't like that, right, then you can just you, you can cut the buoy and let that thing drown if you don't like it. But if you think it's bitching, it's fine. But it doesn't it doesn't change like the pureness of the original show. It's just it's some other darker thing, right? Like. And and this, I don't know, like this, it's like, it's like, if, if you think it doesn't go far enough, you know, too far like that does, then, then this totally worked for you. But I guess if you're somebody who's, who's not happy with it, then, then it's, it's like all infested, you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't like sort of just cut it loose. Cause it's, it's, it, to me, it seems like it's definitely ingrained into the, like the, the universe that, that already exists, I guess, but. It's, yeah. I guess it's, it's like the tone you have to strike. Like, like you know, p- people might have liked that Adi Shankar like fan thing, but I think it was like the tone was all wrong for Power Rangers. Like this still has like mature and adult like things happening, but like I feel the tone is still faithful to like the show. It's it's interesting that you mentioned tone because like that's that's what I took away from the the annual at least because like in some sense like depending on the the era of rangers like like rpm has like a mad max post apocalyptic world so like when when dracon's there and he's got his whole army and they're they're trying he, he basically like you know offers uh you know i think gemma or whatever a place in his his uh empire and stuff like that like the tone there to me works extremely well because they were already in like a post-apocalyptic scenario right but then some other stuff felt like i don't know like like uh, you know when when magog is running around killing different supermen like because then they they have all these other stories where it's like well wait he killed the original green tommy and that fractures the timeline, but because it's fractured and the way they explain it is it's like fractured glass on a tabletop. So there's this other piece of glass that's the Zeo universe. And in the Zeo universe, Tommy's still the Red Ranger and just fine. And then he abducts Tommy kind of like uh, Dark Beast style and like goes and hangs out with them pretending to be the real Tommy and going, I don't know why they like that Tommy guy. Like, why do they love him so much? You know? And he, he gets all like sort of butthurt. And it's almost like, I mean, to me, like Dracon's almost like what if Superboy prime won? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, or at least for, for a minute, you know, cause that, that's his, it seems like his ultimate goal is to make this sort of fantasy world that completely caters to his ego. Like, you know, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm just jumping ahead to like the end or whatever, but like, that it's like that whole thing where he it, it's like he's Superboy and he's hanging out with like Ma Rita and Pa Zordon and like Doggy Kruger's Crypto or whatever like at the end there and they're they're eating at the dinner table and then he goes out as Lord Dracon with a cape and and it's like he's supposed to be praised and everything and then you know it's like all these people almost House of M style start to like 
you know, snap out of the illusion and then, and then continue to fight him or whatever. But I mean, that, that to me seems like what this, this event is shooting for, you know, as far as like who Dracon is. And I don't know, it's weird. Like I, I, I think initially I thought he was just going to be this, you know, I, I don't know, like the, like the way the commercial or, or trailer sold it to me, I thought he was going to come on down like it was going to be like Darth Vader and the Emperor with their army of Star Destroyers, and he was just going to lay all these, you know, universes to waste. And, you know, not that I expect that to happen to everybody, but, like, that I, I guess that was... I expected him to be large and in charge the minute the story began, and it was it was interesting to me, or like a curveball, because I was like, oh, wait, he's in prison? Like, and, and that that's part of that, you know, I guess I, I needed to read, you know, and I did read some of the earlier issues that, that I guess introduced Dracon before the actual event. But it was like, it was surprising to me that, that it was almost like he had to earn his way back, you know, like he had to break out and, and get all his like morphers fixed from uh Ninjor and all this other stuff. Like to, it almost like he had to do the, the labors of Hercules to become the villain again, which I, I, I don't know that I was necessarily expecting that. So I, I, I was kind of surprised. I mean, I, I like the way they portray Dracon in this. I was saying before we started recording, yes, it's the Tommy Oliver show, which happens a lot in Power Rangers, but at the same time, I feel like this one is earned because they stem it from a point where I imagine the pitch meeting was, hey, I want to do this great uh, Power Rangers event. Here's my idea. What if Tommy Oliver stayed with Rita? And right from there, you have a split timeline. And it's it's an excuse, really, to bring in all the Rangers from all the different universes. And it's it's neat to as a character study to see these two different parallel people, you know, the the same person, but, you know, going down two different paths. And that's really, to me, what this story was about. It doesn't, it's, it's it's funny that it's Tommy Oliver because that's the stigma about Power Rangers that everybody thinks that Tommy's the the greatest, but he's really the only character they could have done this with, especially if they're going to start from the Mighty Morphin era. And they do, uh, I feel, like a, a really good job at, you know, showing these two parallel Tommies and having them fight each other. I mean, they've touched on that, I think, occasionally in the show. They've had him fight his past selves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Even in some of them, like that last crossover thing, I mean, not not it wasn't really him, but like literally, you know, Jason David Frank played an evil Tommy in that too. Do you know what I mean? So you, oh, yeah, you, he was a robot yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's like they, they, they definitely... I guess, you know, they find that trope appealing no matter how they, they execute it, I guess. Like this, well, this, this is a much more mature way yeah, of doing that yeah, trope. Yeah. And I, I know I keep throwing that term out there, but it's true. Like this, the Mike was saying, this feels like Power Rangers. It, unlike that, uh, I forgot the name of the director, that weird dystopian future uh, thing with all the guns and Vanderbeek! Woo! Yeah. Yeah, and Vanderbeek. Rocky. Um, Shady Sackoff. <laughs> um, that was shocking. But this, yeah. it, this, this still kept the to 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 use that phrase. This still kept the heart of what Power Rangers, you know, should feel like. Even though it it pushed it a little bit more mature, just just a little bit over the edge of you know, keep a little bit of the goofy, but you know, make it. You know, it grew up with the fans, I feel. Like, if you were a fan of the show in the 90s, this is the kind of story you wanted to, you know, read. You know, kind of like reading, you know, just modern Transformers comics and the IDW stuff. Mm. 
it, it felt like it grew up with fans. And I, I like that because it doesn't go too far into the, the gore or the risk, you know, the, the sexuality or whatever, like you mentioned, you know, Kim and Tommy, you know, they go on a date and it has a little bit of character development with them of, you know, they got some teen angst, like, do, will they, won't they kiss or whatever, but it, it doesn't go into like, they don't start making out in the comic or anything like that. They just, they, they have those lines of dialogue that convey the emotions that they're supposed to be having at that moment. Something they never would have done on the show. They wouldn't even touched on it. It would have just been very pure. Like you said, uh, where, Oh, they like each other. You don't get to see it, but you know that they like each other, you know, cause they'll make little comments and stuff like that. And then she dear Johns him later or whatever. Uh, but well, you know, yeah, that, that's yeah. the kind of thing that, but I mean, this, in, in this, like, because they know the timeline is going to be wiped out, like, they do kiss at the end, right? Like, it, oh, it's he like, goes for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I might as well, right? Like, but it's still done tastefully. It's no, 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 no. I, I, I guess, like, the, the thing I was going to ask about was, like, like, I'm curious at your take on the different, to me, I find them to be, you know, you talk about the mature, like, maybe go into specific examples, but like, like, say Goldar, like, to me, Goldar came off as a little, a little Lieutenant Worf, a little, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe, you know, Ninja Consultant Six Shot or something, I don't know, you know, like, like, <laughs> like, 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 just, like, he seemed more competent than he ever was on the show, but he also seemed like there, there was a sense of, you know, th this kind of Destro honorability to him and, and all this other kind of stuff. And then they tried to throw in, like, these things about, oh, you know, his brother was killed or whatever, and he's got this tragic backstory. And, like, part of me is kind of like, I can see why, like, if, if I was, you know, maybe 15, I'd be like, bro, Goldar, dude, hardcore, yeah, you know, mature. But, like, I don't know, like, sometimes I guess I can sit back and kind of chuckle at it because I'm like... I, I feel like it's a kind of veneer because then I can, you know, think about, you know, Goldar hanging out with, uh, what's his face, uh, Rita's brother or whatever and, and running around being a goofball. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, wait, so you tell me this guy's the honorable guy and he lost his brother? Like, ah, I don't know. You know, so it's like, it's like that, that I, I appreciate what they're trying to do. It's like, dude, Goldar, Goldar's, Goldar's badass. Like, I get it, but then there's part of me that kind of yucks it up about it, too. And I, I mean, I could go down the list of things, but, like, you know, like, Finster 5? Like, that's a interesting arc, right? Like, I mean, probably worth discussing. Like, things like that. Like, I mean, it seems like he he genuinely, you know, I assume he's, like, Wei Yun or some crap. Like, you know, they make a clone of Finster every couple years or whatever, and, and, and that's how it rolls. But, like, he seems to it's like he's he's Lord Dracon's uh, Alfred or something, right? Like he's he's always helping him. He's always on his side. He loves him almost like a father. And then by the end of it, dude snaps his neck. Like you know, and you're just like, well, that's pretty. You know, like that would never. You know that that I don't know if that's characterization or what, but like somebody of that level of of evil, I think, would not necessarily. Uh, make it to the to the TV screen or whatever. So, well, like Finster Five, I, I thought it, the the first time I read it, I'm like, that's stupid, because it's just like it didn't make sense to me. But then I, I, when I read it the second time, especially the the first issue of the Shattered Grid, it shows you know Reed is back. She's asking Finster about his monsters that he seeded on Earth, and you you can see that he is not happy with Rita. Oh yeah. Like the way she treats him, the way she talks about him. So like I made the connection of, okay, she's, he's not happy with Rita. So if Tommy had stayed with Rita, 
and they had had more time to beat, you know, work together and stuff like that. I could, it's conceivable that he could shift his loyalties towards someone who appreciated him more. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he got Alpha's, you know, body parts. That's a whole different story. But at the same time, like I, I could see that relationship building, you know, where, okay, you know, Tommy wanting to get more power. He probably Finster probably helped him kill that version of Rita at some point. Like, I imagine that's how it went down. You know, he shifted loyalties and betrayed Rita. And that's how, you know, they used Rita for everything that she could be and got rid of her. His killing of him is, you know, at that point, you know, he needed, Finster was holding him back. He was his, you know, because they, they did care about each other. You know, like you said, he loved him like a father or a son or whatever. He had to kill him in order to move forward, which is another trope that, you know, has happened many a time. But it still happens, and it, it was – I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, the other thing to talk about in terms of, I guess, things that are, are adult, I guess, would be like the – I guess the the evil Kim or the, the corrupted Kim, you know, whatever, from the, the Go-Go Power Rangers. Like, I mean, that – I think is interesting. Uh, the Ranger Slayer, right? Yeah, Ranger Slayer, yeah. right? Like, like I mean, to, to me, like, something you could point to in terms of, you know, w what you describe as growing up with fans, I mean, you know, you have the the alternate universe where you've got, like, the, the commando version of Bulk or whatever, you know, the one that's her, her trusted, you know, I guess, soldier in the, you know, the Terminator Wars, I guess, you know what I mean? Because they're in this, like, you know, again, post-apocalyptic Lord Dracon future or whatever. And, like, aspects of that were confusing to me, too, because I was like, wait, wait a minute, is she bad? Is she good? Like, these, I was like, these flashbacks, she seems like a pretty, you know, it's still Kimberly, and she's just older, and, and she lost some of her friends, and, and, you know, she, you know, she basically has learned to trust some of these people that maybe, you know, in high school she wasn't friends with, right? She would have been like, ew, Vulcan Skull or whatever. But here, by this point, like, she's she's uh, matured enough that, like, you know, she appreciates what he has to offer and everything. And then even when she sees him in the past, you know, it's it's like she, she has those, you know, I guess feelings of, of warmth toward, toward him, even though it's a, a version of him that, has not experienced those things yet. So, I mean, in that sense, like, that's all very, like, adult and everything. But it, it took me a minute to sort of, you know, I kind of had to read into the story and, and figure out, oh, so Tommy, you know, or I guess Dracon, you know, was controlling her to be the Ranger Slayer and, and that whole deal. And then once I figured that out, then then everything else that was going on made a little more sense and, and I keyed into it. But I thought she was a... I mean, I, I, I did enjoy... Like, uh, for me, I'll admit, I, w I was trying to read this in the order in which, like, it was, you know, there's, like, a, a reading order or whatever, you know, online chronology and stuff, and I was trying to stick to that order, but I think I got into the Ranger Slayer stuff so much, I just kind of was like, ah, fuck it, I'm just going to read. You know what I mean? I kept I kept reading those issues because I was I was into it. Whereas I think so, some of the stuff I felt like with the 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 Higgins thing, like it's like there were a lot of cool ideas, and I don't know that the and and there's nothing wrong with the art, but I I, I feel like I don't know the scope of it or the direction of it sometimes, like because there's so much stuff going on, and then and then it, it seems like ultimately the heart of the story is to focus on you know the five original Rangers and Tommy. And then Dracon, right? Which which would make sense, right? Thematically and and as far as the story well, it's goes, their book. Yeah, yeah, it's their book. And and but I think I I just I was thinking of things like 
you know, like crisis where like you focused on this ginormous cast of characters and, and, and there were moments where all those people were serviced even ever so slightly. And, and I feel like there were a lot of things where occasionally people got highlights where I was like, Oh yeah, you know, Jen from time force. Cool. You know, or I was like, Oh yeah, there, you know, it's like, uh, I'm sure, uh, Linkara threw a big, fucking party because carter grace is like i'm a firefighter i can attend wounds or whatever like or whatever the hell happened in that one panel right but like you know i think there were other things where i felt like i just lost some of those you know it's like it's like every once in a while i saw somebody's name and went oh cool gia what does she do oh she's on the floor you know like like and that kind of thing <laughs> you know like so it's like it's like and and sometimes I mean, people were on the floor and they didn't even get a shout out. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's like those kind of things where I was like, well, if, if all they're going to be is, is background noise and cannon fodder, like I, I almost would have rather had them be some nondescript, you know, thing that I didn't care about, I guess. So I, and, and that's not like, a, it, it's not a damning criticism or anything. It's just one of those things that I noticed where I just felt like some stuff i think the the more personal it got you know in terms of like you said when it's their book right the the mighty books power rangers like that those moments were easier for me to follow and swallow whereas i think you know some of the larger moments i felt like either they went out of their way not to show them or like you know it reminds me of the whole like greek chorus thing where you're like oh yeah, man, that fight with Lord Dracon was really tense, man. When did that happen? Oh, a long time ago. It was over there. You know, like, that happened off camera. It was, it was really, it was, man, it was a hairy-ass fight, man. Like, it, it was really bad. It's like, do we get to see it? Because it sounds cool, but we, you know, I don't know. Like, th those kind of things, like, always kind of, you know, make me laugh. I liked, um, speaking of, like, like you know, moments, like, I, I did like the moment where Andros and Caron got to, like, mm. reunite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah. like, like Caron was from a further part in the timeline, so, like, Andros doesn't know if he was gonna save his sister at that point, so, like, that, like, and then he sees her, and he's like, oh, crap, so I do save you eventually, so that was kind of touching. Yeah, but... yeah, there's there's a lot of cool, like, I, I like the whole, like, when Kimberly and, and Jen have the the conversation about how you know even if you manage to fix time or, or change things back it's never quite the same and they 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 kind of have a i don't know a, a pink ranger girls girl talk or whatever like i thought that was a super cool moment you know like i i think i think you know to to coin a phrase that that mike has given us in our long tenure of podcasting i i did i did immediately think of you when it got to that last panel where it's like and Doggy Kruger and Zordon are like, we must team up with Rita to save the day. And I was like, oh, total, here we go, textbook page, splash page of a rival fusion right there, where it's like we have to go to our worst enemy to, to fight the, the more evil threat and everything. So, like, I, I think all those things were really cool. And, like, I, I don't, it's funny seeing Zordon have a body, because I kept thinking the Zordon was kind of like the Silver Surfer, and it made me, like, respect him a little more than I ever have before, because I was like, I like the Silver Surfer. So, like, there, there, there were cool things about that. I liked how it seemed like the, the Rangers were that were highlighted, like, that got moments outside of the core six Rangers, they were handpicked because, you know, it made sense to move the narrative forward. Like the RPM Rangers, like of all the shows that I haven't watched, I actually have watched RPM because I was intrigued by the, the idea of it being this post-apocalyptic world. 
So I, I did, you know, on Netflix, I, I binge watched RPM, I think last year or the year before. And it's actually pretty good. It takes a lot of Power Rangers tropes and it, you know, makes fun of them, but it also tells a more much, more serious story than you'd expect from a Power Rangers show. But it was neat that, you know, they, they recognized, you know, the character of Dr. K and, you know, how brilliant she was because she's a human who managed to tap into the morphing grid, which I don't know if it had ever been done before in other shows. But, you know, she's a very brilliant scientist. So, you know, they they highlighted that kind of thing and brought her in and, you know, made her part of the solution. But then they take other characters, you know, like, you know, Jen from Time Force shows up. Time Force absolutely made sense to use the way they did. And you get that, you know, her her driving, you know, force of, you know, uh, the Red Ranger being killed and, you know, who knows what happened to the other team members when they fell out of the Megazord at the beginning. You you get her driving force and then now she's, from her experiences, she's able to tell that to Kim, you know, like this is, you can't change the history. You can't, you know, you can only do certain things. Like, you know, it it, it just made sense that she would have that moment. Yes, coincidentally, they're both Pink Rangers. But, you know, it worked in my opinion. And then there's other ones who get like smaller character moments like, you know, Lauren helps, you know, Jason move forward. And I think, you know, that's a whole other conversation where, like, I love the way they portray Jason in this. Like, I loved it. You know, how, you know, he's a struggling leader and stuff like that. And he just, they they elevate him to, like, you see a lot of, you know, his his conflicts and, you know, his, you know, am I making the right decision? Like, you never saw this on the show. Jason was the leader. He just... He's like Leonardo, you know, he leads, <laughs> you know, that's all it is. Well, it's weird because they never had that, you know, I mean, that, that, that was one of the aspects that confused me, the, the Grace character, you know, like this whole aspect of a, I, I, I don't know exactly, you know. It, I was, I was going to ask you about that, Derek, because what do you, it's like, I read that story and it's kind of like, like X-Men Deadly Genesis, where it's like Zordon had a like team of Power Rangers before them who like all died and then like Grace is... Grace is the only survivor of that team. Yeah. So it was like what they were like Power Rangers from the 60s or something like that yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 It was the moon landing time period. Okay. Right? Yeah. Cause I think, I think they said like 69 or something. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, it, like I said, I read Shattered Grid first. So I was kind of confused, you know, and then I tried to go and read some other issues to fill myself in, you know, and it's like, you know, and, and, and it seems like she's, She's that aspect that pushes, you know, makes them walk that tightrope. Uh, you know, he has that line about, you know, Jason says something about, you know, Zordon told me there'd be times where I have to do, you know, I, I'm going to do the right thing for the wrong reasons. And I didn't know what he meant, but now I do, you know, like type thing. I and, think that was reversed. Or, yeah. or the wrong thing for the right reasons. What, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, so, so, and, and, and so you, it's, it's like he, he, you know basically i i think they're trying to say like okay well well grace and her organization is is essentially fairly shady you know and 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 he feels like you know he's making uh deals with the devil he knows to to uh you know stop the the other you know devil that's it's coming for them and and like yeah i mean you know that's it's funny because i mean it, it it's like reading this and, and hearing you say that Jason is like the Leonardo and it's like, I get it. The red Rangers are the leaders of the team, but then, you know, I, I, then it goes to me, it goes back to that funny joke. Chris like, and the white Ranger now the leader, you know, and even in that free comic this book day I was reading, you this know, is great. This it's, is like, great. it's like, what? I got fired. This is great. 
it's like, like it's you like, gotta watch. I think I was talking to Zach on like on on board with friends about this, but like I love like all of like you know you go watch a panel with like Austin St. John and he was like you know watch that episode like I didn't fucking say that in response to like Tommy being the leader like they edited that in like and shit like. <laughs> He was like, that was a totally different line that I was saying. This is great, too. Like, basically. Because uh, at that point, they knew that he and yeah, the yeah. other two were leaving the show. So, yeah, it, it's it's very funny. He talks about that on his YouTube channel, too. Like, he's like, I never said that. <laughs> that was <laughs> totally not me. Oh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and the way this comic portrays him, I, I, I dig it. Like, it, it's fun watching him still be the leader you know like there, there's no uh oh no no tommy's here you're not the leader anymore jason no it's he's still the leader and he's struggling with it and i like that there's a great moment when they're planning the fight and they got all the zords behind them and he's giving his speech or whatever and kimberly walks up to him and she's like that was a great speech and he's like yeah lauren help me write it uh, <laughs> it's just really funny and then uh he asks kimberly to the uh to drive the the dragon mega zord combo i forgot what it's called and she's like yeah but uh, i can't the pterodactyl's not even part of that and then he gives her the dagger so he gets she gets the shield yeah i thought that was a cool moment too like joe there's a lot of really cool little character moments and even if you're not familiar with all of the different shows it still gives a, a a little bit to everybody i feel there, there's you know whether it's a line of dialogue like okay you, you mentioned um the the sp no not spd uh lightspeed rescue guy carter like i'm a firefighter i can help him like <laughs> you know i can help her you know just l- little things like that and you know you get to see them interacting with each other calling each other by name and saying like hey can you help with this or a great kick or whatever oh can you do this like they're familiar with each other because of the history behind you know the teams it it, it helps a lot I feel to you know make this seem like more than just an excuse to we want to have as many rangers as possible. You know, it's not like a what was it the legendary battle that BS ending uh, to the big anniversary season where it's just like hey we got a bunch of people with you know wearing the costumes right, look all right. those Power Rangers <laughs> and only the actual actors we got will take off their helmets. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, that's how yeah that's how and it works. And each of them gets one line of dialogue. <laughs> yep. This is great. <laughs> well they, they 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 had that they had that moment in this too where the 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 all the different rangers are like commenting down from the spaceways and then there's the panel of all of them just like hey what's up we're all here and I, that that was the suit actor moment where like all the, that sea yeah, of right. that, that, that sea of moment. guys in the one <laughs> splash page like see that's the thing like like it, it's funny to me because i was like oh dude see you can you could afford to give all those guys moments if you really wanted to in this but they they still had their kind of you know we're going to sit here with our arms crossed and look, uh, you know, look intimidating with, with all these guys, but not, you know, some, some of them don't have their, you know, their moments or whatever, but you know, I mean, something like that, it's probably difficult, but I, I, I think, I don't know that I'd necessarily pin it on the writing, but I, I, I think there'd be ways to interpret that, you know, like that, that might've been more interesting than, than maybe what we got. 
like I, you know I, I don't know like so, somehow like i feel like the 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 scope of it could have been elaborated on because you you probably could have seen things like you know what it, it's like one of those things where it's like there there's a there's huge battles going on in say gi joe the movie right like they're you know the, the the animated one and yeah the main characters are like you know falcon and Sergeant slaughter and jinx and they they fight the cobra law guys and that's fine like that's that's what we're talking about that's the you know the dracon and the the, the the five main rangers like that's fine but like there's moments where it's like lady j and flint don't have a hell of a lot of dialogue in gi joe the movie but everyone who's been watching those episodes for you know season after season knows a they have a relationship and b they care about each other so in the middle of the big giant fight when lady j falls down and flint like grabs and picks her up and then they keep running like that's Everybody knows what that means, and that's a moment, and you didn't have to, like, they didn't need dialogue, they didn't have to hire the actors, they didn't have to, you know, do whatever whatever all this other stuff was, but they still managed to have that moment. And it's like, I think, I think sometimes all that is is just, like, a little piece of business, you know, that's, that's illustrated in the background that just adds, like, magnitudes to, to whatever's going on. And I think sometimes in something like this, that's so epic in scope, I feel like some of those things get lost. But it's like, then you focus on, like, the cool stuff, like you said, where, where Kimberly gets the, the Dragonzord, you know, shield thing or whatever. And that's like, and, and that is more significant, you know, not just in like a, oh, look, she looks cool in a new armor, but like, to them, Tommy died like it's almost like you know the the person that she was potentially going to have a relationship now he's still with her you know as they're doing this fight before they realize he's okay or whatever you know what i mean so there's there there, there's there's a a a more emotional layer to it than just i have a new suit of armor you know so like stuff like that is is cool yeah I, i really like that moment for you know kimberly and because of that connection exactly what you just said yeah, like I, I liked the future Kimberly's like kind of through line. Like, like I, I, I admit, like, like Derek, you said, like I was kind of confused even in after reading those like Go Go Power Rangers issues, like where I was like, wait, is she with them or is she working for Lord Draken yeah, or what? Yeah, yeah. And like, it, like it doesn't like tell you until like a flashback at the very end of her arc that she was like mind controlled and whatever. But, you know, obviously like I like her cause she uses, you know, a bow and arrow and, she looks so cool and shit, but I really liked that issue where like present Kimberly took her to the juice bar yeah, yeah. and she got to, she was like, Oh, I'm Kimberly's like older cousin basically. I'm and you know, she got to like, yeah. And she got to like, you know, hug bulk and, yeah, you know, yeah play video games and have like milkshakes again and she was like oh man like this is awesome like, and then she she's the one who kind of like saves like goes back and saves like tom yeah and, yeah if like, not for her to, like, then then yeah that that wouldn't have gone down because like and I, I i don't you know don't don't expect me to explain the science but she shoots him with the thing with an arrow and the crystal thing and then because dracon kills him and then the crystal things in him then it doesn't really kill him so he's back like so something about it charges him up and sends yeah, him into the grid. Yeah. yeah. So so he was off gridding it and then he came back. But they couldn't get through one big event comic without doing something so contrived, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny cuz it's like 
like you said, Zach, like, you know, Tommy is obviously a huge part of this crossover. And, you know, the, the idea of an evil alternate Tommy being the big bad is a great concept. And like at the end, it turns out, you know, normal Tommy is like the key to victory. So there is an element of like, it's the Tommy show, like featuring Tommy or whatever. But I feel like it was handled pretty well, like in this crossover. In this particular case, yeah, I think they they did it well. They did not do it well in that other anniversary no. episode. But I mean, like I said, he is the Wolverine of like Power Rangers. But like, there's so many other like good characters that they don't have to, you know. Yeah, man, thanks, Tommy, and then you know, and all Rocky and all the others are like, what about us? Like, we helped like a lot. Like, where was Rocky in this comic? <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he must have died when, like, I forgot what team they showed him as part of. Oh, I think it? he was part of, like, the Zeo yeah, Rangers. Yeah, wasn't he in Zeo? Yeah. yeah, they do show the Zeo Rangers at one point in the, yeah, the main but, books. But you don't know who survived, like, each, like, you know, attack that Dracon did on each See, universe. That, that's, the, I so. guess that's that's what my, my commentary is about. Like, not so much that, I you know, I didn't like the... the emotional moments and the characterization or anything but just there are some things where it it'd be nice if they were easily followable you know like that you could like we could say without a shadow of a doubt oh you know like to me i i think the 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 time force thing was a little more followable because it's like oh jen's the one who survived jen's the one who contacts our main cast of characters like so you can kind of just say to yourself okay you know, Wes and the other guys, like they're, you know, they're, they're not, you know, they're not in this story, right? Like that's fine. But then, you know, some other stuff where you, you're looking at it, it's kind of like, oh, there's some sense of confusion. Like, are they here? Are they not here? Like, do we know where they are? Like, you know, it's like, you know, and you shouldn't have to like, you know, have a flow chart to figure out what's going on, even in something like this, that's like kind of outlandish, you know, my favorite, like, I guess, original sort of original Ranger is Adam, and he didn't feature at all in this crossover. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I thought that was odd that there's no, like, you know, joking on Rocky, but you know, Rocky, Adam and Aisha were the, I would also consider them original Rangers, you know, but they're, they're not in here at all. And Adam, is a huge original ranger at that point because you know he stayed longer than the other two and you know he probably had more character development than the other two no adam no love for adam and it's <laughs> weird it's weird because that annual introduces the notion that they 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 could have done you know what i mean like it's not like mm. it's not like they you know there's this rule that stipulates oh sorry we're, we can only you know the storyline only deals with you know the the green ranger era and we can't you know, it's not like they're like, oh, too shadowy, cannot see into the, you know, into the Aisha, you know, Adam, uh, Rocky era, because that's, you know, that's, you know, too cloudy the future is, or, you know, it's no Yoda excuse or whatever, right? Because cause if they can, if they can have another Tommy with Zeo, like, you could, you know, you could run into anybody you want to essentially but i guess they just chose not to do it maybe out of no. confusion or whatever it, it probably would have been it would have been neat if they had done a bunch of um like individual spotlight issues mm. where like maybe mm. maybe uh okay here's here's zeo and turbo and what how draken took them down and here's uh you know I, I don't i can't think like in space and lost galaxy and how draken took them down and stuff like that like you know all the ones that didn't get a highlight in the main book 
you know, maybe done something like that to just so that they got their moments. That, that, but... That's partly what that annual did. But I mean, again, it was limited because it was like they had Zio, they had RPM, they had SPD, they had in space and they had Ninja Steel. But like you said, there, there was no, you know, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, Power Rangers 2.0 era, right? Like, you know, there, or, or, you know, you know, Ninja era or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, like th- those other. I, th- I think that stems from having a problem where they kept the original suits on the show when they went to the Thunder Zords and the, the, the Ninja Zords. Right. So it's hard yeah. to depict the difference between them. I think somebody mentioned the Forever Red episode and everyone was like, well, where's Rocky in that? Because he was a Red Ranger. Right. You wouldn't have had a, a suit to wear because it was the same as Jason's. Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, they could have put him in the ninja outfit. The, the, the ninja pajamas. Yeah. yeah. yeah pajamas. He would have been fine in that on the moon. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you think about it, if you had a little cameo from them in all the ninja outfits, that wouldn't have, I mean, that would have solved the problem and also given you those, you know, that, that representation, I guess, of that era, right? Like, so, but I mean, I guess. Well, they had ninja. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Ninjor was an idiot. Like, I mean, so go, gee, gee whiz, you got to these training things real fast. Here you go, buddy. Uh, what, what's with all them uh, evil scars? Oh, okay. Here's this thing here. Okay. Uh, don't Can you say we're friends in the future. Oh, we're friends. Okay. Uh, well, you know, like like you said, some knowledge is best left unsaid. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> just like what? <laughs> Well, thank, thankfully, I could never take Ninjor that seriously on the show because when he, not only because of his voice, but when he transformed to battle mode, it looked like he was dropping his pants. Basically, like he was, like his his thighs slid down to his ankles, so it looked like it always looked like he was like dropping his pants when he transformed. What What did you guys think of the? the I guess the artwork in general, but particularly to the end where you get to see all the Zord battles. Like I, I thought it was really cool. Like the way this comic depicts the Zord fights, because they they do things that you wish they did on the show. You know, that very dynamic. You know, like you get to see in the show, you never saw the individual Zords fight at all. But in this, in the comics, they they definitely do in this. You know, the this series and seeing you know so many different Megazords together and like all the different things, it started to get where the the art style was a little hard to tell what things were i feel but it was still pretty yeah. fun watching him fight serpent terror and stuff yeah it got a little muddled at the end where you were like wait what's happening and like it didn't help that i didn't like i couldn't identify everyone's like megazord basically like some of them i, I didn't know knew, what but, like <laughs> yeah so it's like who's whose is that like is that like you didn't know even if whose side it was on or whatever so you know you know what i did like in terms of art style and it seems like it was just i guess exclusive to the go-go power rangers but like I, I liked how, like, Trini has those little yellow streaks in her hair. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I, I like that as part of, you know, whoever came up with that yeah. character design. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't, I noticed that on the um, coinless Trini. I didn't notice it on the regular verse. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the regular, yeah, I don't think the regular verse had it or whatever. I don't know. No, the go-go, the go, Power go-go Rangers one, one has, takes place right. before, before yeah, that, right? So she's younger there. Yeah. yeah. So, 
So she's got the yellow streak. So yeah, like I'm, we were talking about like how like this book kind of, you know, it gives all of them deeper like personalities. And I think that's like especially true for, you know, those those like Billy Trini and, you know, anyone who isn't Jason or, you know, Tommy. So, you know, I think all of them are a lot more distinct in the comic. Well, yeah, it's like oh, yeah. it's like I, I mean, I, I could be wrong about this, but like I feel like they they went out of their way to like if they didn't invent them they they went out of their way to use whatever their known last names are and you get to see their families and stuff like that was i mean i i don't remember that being a primary concern on the show that much you know what i mean like it seemed like that that was and and whatever they're dealing with like because it was like there were there were moments where what like jason's dad's dying or something i mean you know like there, there are things where they're they're handling like you know kind of serious real life issues among all the kind of you know I mean, i'm not gonna say it's not serious but there, there's also that kind of aspect of uh, that there was the you know trini jason kind of ship thing or whatever where they were trying to you know talk about you know feelings they had for each other you know beyond the whole you know kimberly tommy show thing you know <laughs> so it's like there there were there were other things going on that that layer out the characters or even you know you'd even call it like you know the temptation of zach you know because they, they do the whole thing where like rita comes down and like offers him a that place was so cool you know me. like and it's like oh that you know that was kind of interesting like like and it's like it's like there are characters you know it's like they have other problems and 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 that the, the notion that you get they, they get to talk to zordon uh, not in a I don't know, pandering, condescending way, but like in a in a kind of like you know a uh, 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 parent-child you know way, or or you know uh, a teacher-student way, you know where it, it's more like he can he can he feels free to say, look, I'm just going to let you know, like that was kind of tempting, even though I, I you know, I, even though I fought the good fight and 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 refused the temptation, like some of the things she said did you know, key in with me, you know, and I, and I thought about it for a little bit and, 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 you know, Zordon's response is kind of wonderful too. He's like, that just means you're human, but you didn't do it. And I have faith in you and, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep doing this. And, and, and that's, I don't know, like, I think those were, I, I think that's probably why I like the, um, I, I don't know, like I like the go-go one a little better just cause it, it didn't have any of the, it wasn't as epic but it wasn't as confusing to me either, or wasn't as, uh, maybe confusing is not the right word, but it, it's like one of those things where you it's like, there's so much stuff going on, but like, it's some, it's like, it's like, there's a huge giant snow speeder battle going on in Hoth, but for some reason the camera's just focused on the Adat's left front leg. And you're like, it's driving you crazy. Cause you're like, well, I know, I know there's other stuff I'm supposed to be seeing here, but I just don't see it, you know? So I have a, a question. Where is Zed in this comic series? <laughs> does does Zed ever show up? Like I don't I don't know if he does, but Finster Five had his staff, mm, so it bothered yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> well it's it's weird because the current storyline that the book is doing, they're focusing on what Jason, Trini, and Zach were doing, like at the peace conference. Like basically, and it turns out, oh my the god! Peace, yeah, it's like it, well, it turns out the peace conference is just a is just a like cover, and they're like working for Grace or whatever, and they're like doing some Power Ranger like Black Ops shit like across the globe hmm. or something. 
And I thought that was like wow. Rocky, Adam, and Aisha. Wait, yeah. So, so, like, oh. so, what you're telling me is the peace conference is really wet works. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, more or less yeah. oh man that's gonna the peace conference was a sham i'm gonna be like hey yo guys i'm going to do some peace conferences i'll be right back you know i'm gonna take care of them all right see you later oh, yeah like well i think it's a testament to how well they characterize them because like they introduced like rocky like uh aisha and adam but they were also like well we're not just gonna get rid of jason trini and zach like in this comic so like kyle higgins is like is gonna keep using them so like that's good maybe they'll bring in the die ranger suits so <laughs> they can explain like the they, they are all all three of them got new suits but i don't know if they're based on anything like i think they were called like omega rangers or something like oh, so neat. i'll have to check that out i i haven't I was waiting for like them to finish more stories before I go and binge more issues after this. Like I know they had the, it's a group of whole bunch of different Rangers, like traveling around the grid for a little bit. I just haven't gotten ready. Haven't worked up the courage to read that yet. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like I, I like that they can explore the, you know, the full potential of that universe basically like through the comics now. And then uh, one day, Jason will show up in a trench coat and sunglasses and become the Gold Ranger. Yes, That's yes, nice. exactly. Well, it's fun. It, like I like it's funny because it's like you know the, the I that whole story arc starts off with like or the issue. I if I remember correctly, it's like the issue like focuses on you know the usual Angel Grove bunch, and Kimberly's like, oh, there's a call from like jason and trini and zach from the peace conference and they're like how you guys doing there and they're like oh yeah we're good we're having fun like and then like the last page is all of them in their new power ranger outfits and they're like okay we can't tell like kimberly and billy and tommy like what we're doing now and we got to do this other like shit so it's kind of like you know like, go go like, black ops rangers yeah, exactly so it's <laughs> like you know you would think from from the angel grove side of it you're like okay like those guys like like fucked off to somewhere like who cares about them anymore but like if you go to the other side of that they're like oh we're doing something even more important than you guys are like under your noses and like you know we're looking down at you like so <laughs> take that and hope and hopefully those three are getting much better pay, paid much better by grace than they were by zordon <laughs> <laughs> that's funny all right but you don't understand, there was the high school episode and the future episode where they had a daughter. Of course Milhouse is in-game. Yes, and Lisa is so fulfilled in all of those. In fact, there's that Christmas episode where she's so fulfilled by him that, who is she calling? Nelson. You know why? Because they are in-game. It's almost stupid to even discuss it. This show has been going on for like so long that there's so many different future scenarios. It's like it's been 30 years. Yeah, that's true. That reminds me of Stella on her podcast, Backgirl to Oracle. She's had a pretty healthy run. How long do you think it will last? <laughs> Forever. Ooh, let's give Stella a call. Hello? Hey, Stella. Why are you guys using Skype? Don't you want a feed time? No. Hmm. Don and I were just talking about BTO and how long it's lasted. Remember when we were kids, you didn't think it would go very far? What? What are you talking about? Stella, how long are you going to do this show? Meh. Do 
happens all year. But you will come first. Ha! You won't make it that long. You're a girl. Yeah, and girls have cooties. Gee, you guys really were supportive back then. We made up for it. By doing what? Mansplaining? And casplaining. Ugh. Well, anyway, 2020 is going to be a milestone. We've got the 10th anniversary in December, and of course the 200th episode after that. What are you planning on doing? Call-in show for listeners will be scheduled in December, and the 200th is going to feature some very special guest reviewers. Hopefully. Ooh, I'll be sure to free my calendar. Not you. You're, no. Fly on with Backroll to Oracle in 2020. All right. Well, I, I think I think we've exhausted all we have to say about Shattered Grid. So if you guys have any other comments, questions, and or concerns for us, of course, you can reach us at fanholespodcast.gmail.com, and you can check out all our episodes over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. But I'm going to give Zach an opportunity to tell us all where we can listen and find him out there on the interwebs. Well, you can... Find me on the interwebs uh, on Twitter at Board with Friend. You can listen to the Board with Friends podcast at www.boardwithfriends.blogspot.com. And you can find our video work for, you know, board game reviews and Let's Plays and stuff like that on the and all the Nerdy Fun YouTube channel. Cool. All right. So everybody check that out. And in fact, I'm um, like, you should, you should, if you haven't already, you should go listen to the board with friends with Mike and Zach and listen to that show that deals with Power Rangers. Cause like I said, it is a companion piece show to, to this one. And in and spoilers, Mike actually liked this game. Like our last crossover. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, so there's, we, we beat it. We won. Too. We did. We played yeah. it slightly wrong, but we did. <laughs> cool, yeah. So until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC. Where do putties go when we kill them? They go to putty heaven. Signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and I can't wait until we do our VR Troopers crossover show. And this is Zach, and uh, I prefer Mystic Knights of Tiernanog. <laughs> <laughs> or Big Bad Beetleborg. Uh, well, Big Bad Beetleborgs was awesome. <laughs> and my favorite is still Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Yeah. I'm like, all right, Kyle Higgins, get on it.
Wow. So I um I mainline uh, beer bonged all this Power Ranger stuff today. So <laughs> you'll excuse me, but yeah. I went in above and beyond. Like I read all of like I I reread all of Shattered Grid and then I I found out like I didn't even know it, but there was some like graphic novel called Soul of the Dragon that was mm. released last year and it was like Old Man Tommy basically. Uh, so I okay. I read that too. I, oh, I, I meant to read that. I just I just wanted to know more cuz I was I was kind of confused in the beginning, but I mean I suppose we could talk about that like officially officially, but what did, what did you go back and read everything before this? Uh, uh, not everything, but like I, I was trying to be like, well, when when does you know, like Dracon first appear? And then they told me issue nine, but then I started reading in reverse because I'm like, well, not really, because there was like the the Black Zord or whatever Black Dragon Zord thing, and I'm like, well, that's really him, right? So like I kept reading until that like showed up for the first time, you know, because I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I just I want to understand what you know, wh- where it was coming from and all that stuff. So I, I, I tried to read everything with um, with Dracon in it, so I, I wasn't totally, like, kind of blind about it, but yeah. I was just curious as to what it, like, that graphic novel was, so, like, I just read it, like, an hour ago. It was, like, a hundred and something pages, but... Is it any good? It's okay. Ooh, I mean, did did Higgins know. write that, too, or did somebody else uh, write that? yeah. Higgins wrote it with special consultation from Jason David Frank. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. So it says a lot of it shiats in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was basically like old man Green Ranger, old man Green Ranger. Tommy Oliver, or whatever. Yeah. Like old, it's old, set like old man Doctor O. Nice. Yeah, it's set like thirty years in the future, and like he has to go track down his son or something because his son is like undercover at some in some like power ranger drug smuggling operation or something <laughs> i i have expected him to be like you know why you're not better than me lord Darkon? because you'll never grow up to get your doctorate and your race car driver license <laughs> and my friends and my friends that's the important part i just uh finished rereading it um i realized uh halfway through the day like i was doing a bunch of errands and stuff i'm like oh shit i gotta reread this it's it's pretty complicated yeah yeah i feel like like i I read it when it first came out i think but but it's it's funny because i i'm going through it and i'm like oh crap i never read the annuals so I still uh, haven't read those because uh, all okay. of a sudden he's just like, "Oh yeah, the the Zeo Rangers." I beat the shit out of them. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. When did he fight yeah. the Zeo Rangers? Yeah, he he, he, yeah. he goes around pwning people, uh, uh, Moreland style or whatever, like in all these different universes and stuff. Did who was it? Oh, go ahead. Who, Derek, like, who was it we had on the show, like, when these the Boom comics, like, first came out, who were, you know, like, we kind of asked them, like, how are those Power Rangers? I think comics? it was probably Jack and Eddie, because Jack and okay, Eddie Okay, yeah, because Jack and Eddie was, like, yeah, I remember he was like, oh, they're okay, but man, it's the fucking Tommy show. Like, everything's <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Like, it's true. Everything's about Tommy. Like, oh, I'm so yeah. sick of it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm I mean, pretty sure the that Wolverine was yeah. the Power Rangers universe, I'm, I guess. I'm pretty so. sure that was Jack and Eddie that was talking to us about that. I, I, I'll agree it is, and it kind of always has been. But in this context of this comic, and I could get into it more once we actually start recording, but I don't mind it in this particular story because it all stems from when he was the Green Ranger. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he makes a choice. Like, that's a cool moment in time that everybody's going to remember. So for me, that makes sense that Draken is Tommy, basically. Like, that, I'm, I'm okay with that in this circumstance. But 
like that special i think we talked about it when we recorded mike like that pissed me off that it was like tommy thanks for saving us it's like oh, come on like everybody <laughs> else saved too like come on yeah <laughs> so I, I was just gonna ask like before i like get into the uh, you know proper show or whatever do we need to do any like icebreaker like tell us your history with Power Rangers deal, or should we um, just get into it? Like, we we kind of did that on board. Yeah, we did that. You, right. you guys did that? I, okay, cool. No, 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 no. If you, I, you I guys, was... if you guys did that on the other show, then, then I will, I will forego that. I'm, I'm more than happy. It seems like we got plenty, plenty to deal with just with this. So yeah, I forgot how many issues there were of this. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 to me, like I had wanted to read it. So I wasn't, I wasn't daunted by the issues, especially cause it's like modern comics. It's just, I thought, I, I kind of was under the misimpression, like, if I read the free comic book day and then just read the crossover, I would kind of, like, know what was going on. And, like, I got up to speed pretty quick, but th- there was that moment where I'm just like, wait a minute, like, he's in prison? Like, how did he get in prison? Is this is this Drakum? Is this not Drakum? Like, who, who is, you know, like, that? I had that, like, yeah. moment where I was just kind of like, oh, okay. And then, you know, reading all those other issues i'm kind of like finally like oh okay so there was there was a thing with dragon earlier and then he lost his powers and then he was in prison and i'm like okay yeah, fine. Th- there's really only like two or three key moments where it's like oh shoot i should read the other things like when he contacts the ranger slayer i'm like i have no idea who the hell that is apparently she was sent back to go go power rangers that comic which takes place earlier in the timeline yeah yeah like yes. like like you i get actually her backstory I, there yeah i read all those i i kind of like those like I don't know if I'm weird or whatever, but like I, I kind of like those better no, than. No, I like I liked those. I the, liked Future Kim. Like, yeah, like those yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but I, 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 I like I like the Kim show as opposed to the Tommy show. Like that was <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah. 